0: Hey, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Beautiful Feet. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review their podcast, and enjoy the show. Inspired by hip-hop and the faith culture, The Sanctuary in My Solitude, The Thoughts, Feelings, and Life Lessons of an Imperfect Christian by Anthony Kisik, is beautifulfeetentertainment.com's work in print. It is a book of poetry and it's available through iUniverse.com, Amazon.com, beautifulfeetentertainment.com and the links are also available in our social media and podcast. So please consider The Sanctuary of My Solitude if you're looking for a next great read. Thank you so much.
1: This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name is Anthony.
0: And I'm Jessica.
1: And this week, um, we're kind of going down in dark rabbit, tra- rabbit hole. I don't know if that's what it's called. Anyway, what are we talking
0: about today? Well, when we were coming up for ideas for this portion of the podcast, we want to have a balance between things that are light and fun, like our movie reviews. And then now today, we're we're going to dive into a topic, as Anthony likes to say, uh, <laughs> that's a little more heavy. We're talking about anger and the side effects of anger.
1: Yeah, so this is a definitely a heavy episode, um, actually for both of us, right? Because we both have, in our past and currently, dealt with anger and dealt with it in different ways. Would you agree to that?
0: Yes, definitely.
1: So what I would like to do, before we start talking about the side effects of anger, let's talk about our issues with anger and kind of unfold it from there.
0: feel like just in general our world right now today is a place where there is a lot of angry people so we can tell that there's different levels of anger like not everyone is going to go to the extent or the extreme that we're probably seeing covered by the media right now Mm -hmm.
1: well let and, and again going into my personal battle with anger like i remember even being a very young child like around the age of eight, nine, and 10, where anger just consumed me at, at moments in my life and I just didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to handle it, right? Um, and throughout my life, it, it shows up in different ways. Thankfully, I've, I've taken time out to like learn how to deal with it, right? So, um, that yo, so that's kind of what it always looked like, at least from from, from a child point of view. Where's anger going in? Where has it been in your life?
0: Well, and I feel like anger does manifest itself differently in men than it does in women, too. Yeah. I feel like women, when we're angry, the stereotype is that we might just kind of fly off the handle or yell. But honestly, like, sometimes anger can cause you to just, like, shut down or you might cry. Um, But I feel like... When people think of anger, they think of it as this really like explosive thing, but you like like the Hulk how he's like I'm always angry. Like you can have that just sort of simmering below the surface, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I know for me, again going back to my childhood, like there was times where I didn't have a whole lot of family members who knew how to deal with anger correctly, right? So I had a lot of missed emotion and a misplaced anger as a kid i used to actually like get so angry, i would run to the kitchen and bash my head on the kitchen floor and her eyes just no your, it open.
0: your stepmom has said that you did like to bang your head on things so like i knew that but still it's it, just
1: and i just remember my mom being she never tried to stop me it was always okay once he's calm I'll talk to him I don't think she fully understood Like I was trying to physically harm myself mm-hmm. That's not a good sign But Again Yanking me around Probably wouldn't have been the best Response either So That's a delicate balance there And then as my um, As I grew into like a, a adolescent It showed up a lot In the way I wrote And the The Especially the music I listened to ended up being very angry, but again, it was part of it. Just because I was learning how to deal with my anger um, and trying to figure out what, how to handle it and what to do. So, you know, um, but it wasn't until I actually again went to college, um, and and started building a relationship with my Christian community and Jesus, you know. you know, in general, that I was able to start the process of healing, right? I say start because it's a never-ending process.
0: Well, and I feel like anger can intensify just through those times of going through puberty and being in adolescence because you're dealing with so many different emotions and feelings and hormones and things that you've just never really had to encounter before.
1: And in a lot of those cases, it's not only that you're dealing with it, you have it in your mind whether will or not, um, that nobody around you understands, or that they've never been through what you've been through. Obviously, that's not the case. And in in my case, I you know I had family members l- directly around me who were just as angry, if not more angry than I was, and they were not uh, expressing their anger in a in a healthy way. So I kind of emulated them as well. So. Yeah. And
0: I feel like children, the things that make them upset, it could be like if a toy's not working or if they're not really getting along with a friend. But, you know, like if you have that in your case, in your environment, obviously because that's what you see, that's also what you're going to emulate. Of that course. could be for any emotion or thing yeah. that you see now, displayed.
1: Now, going into your journey of anger, because I know we know... We both have anger issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's kind of break yours down a little bit.
0: Well, and I feel like, honestly, for people who only know me on a surface level, the fact that I even get upset at all, they're like, I could never picture you upset. Because especially, like, when we're in a church setting, like, I'm super nice and polite, you know, because that is the way that I've been trained and brought up to be, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm at church, you know. Just because you're in that environment, um, I feel like 19 through 21 was just this. this.
1: And she's talking about the age. Yeah. Nin- I'm like the ages
0: 19 through 21 for 19,
1: me. 19, 21.
0: No, <laughs> I'm not that old. Not uh, yet. The ages of 19 through 21 for me, there was just so much that was going on in my life, and I really felt. Angry during that time. I was angry at my parents. I was angry at myself I was angry at people in my life, but really honestly, I think also like 27 was a hard year too Mm -hmm. so Again, just because there's these various external factors that just make me so mad Mm
1: -hmm. Now, how do you express your anger? How did you express that as a kid? or how do you express it now? Let's compare those
0: well, as a child, like, I feel like I really didn't get mad all that much. I was more prone to, if I was upset, to, to be sad about it. Like, to just mm-hmm. cry about things. Mm-hmm. Um, being angry as an adult, like...
1: It's a different spin, right? It
0: is. It is. It's just so all-encompassing. Like, there's a lot of bitterness there. And sometimes it's... It's not always directed toward a particular individual. It could just be like, "Well, here's this particular situation that I'm upset with."
1: Yeah. Um, now, what what do you do when you're angry?
0: Um. It kind of depends on where I am. If I'm angry at work, like I have to take a moment. Just go back, just go in the break room. Usually what I do is I'll go and I'll just wash my hands to have that thing to do of like, okay, I'm just taking this moment to like take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. I'm washing my hands and like having this minute to compose myself because I know that I cannot lose my temper at work.
1: Mm-hmm. Now at home
0: When I'm at home all pets are off, man, like One hundred percent. I can just let it fly. Mm-hmm let it go <laughs>
1: now what you okay what you like to do uh, I've noticed is you definitely like your alone time
0: yeah I need time to just be like I just need to be by myself
1: yeah and I, I, I mean I'm definitely the same way uh, when I'm furiously upset I need to be left alone um, I do have a tendency or I have had a tendency to become more violent when I'm angry. But I, I've always made a, a, an attempt or uh, paid attention to who I'm violent toward.
0: Well, I remember, like, when you had that whole thing with your phone charger not working, you just... That okay. was probably so, the maddest I'd seen you at yeah, that Yeah, so... This was the day after we got engaged, by the way.
1: Yeah, not a good time, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, like, I was super happy and excited from that. And then...
1: I get home, um, so I had gotten home. My phone, over that period of time, it would like you would plug the, the phone in, and it for some reason wouldn't connect, or like the the plug had to be, you know, bent a certain way or positioned a certain way for it to charge. And if you even moved it a centimeter, it suddenly wouldn't charge. Uh, and that was a big issue for me because I worked overnight. And if my phone wasn't charged Or it died while I was asleep I wouldn't wake up And it was a big old thing So I went to plug my phone in And I kept trying to plug it in And I just got so mad that like did I punched the dresser or something Like it, just, it
0: was like either the dresser or the wall behind it
1: I don't remember Well if I were to punch the wall I hope, I, I, don't, I punched something Um now, granted, at this point, we'd been together for two years, a little over two years. Yeah. And she'd never seen this behavior in me.
0: I well, like, I'd seen you slightly upset, but this was, like, the most was, angry yeah. I've ever seen. You.
1: And like, since then, I think you've only seen me that angry maybe one other time. Like, it's mm-hmm. very few. Because, again, over the years, I've learned to not hold it in, but hold it in at the appropriate time let it out.
0: Well, I think that, honestly, you've learned to pick your battles and be like, okay, is this really worth getting upset over?
1: Yeah. But I think, if I remember correctly, that particular night of work, was uh, was it was awful. I think we, we just had a bad night at work, and it was I that... I think
0: you're, like, because you were working overnights, like, your delivery truck was late and it just threw yeah. everything off. It, it, we so were just you complete. were already frustrated. I was
1: already frustrated.
0: Before the phone. And then
1: I got frustrated at the phone. Um, oddly enough, I was kind of frustrated at you because you're in a good mood. Like,
0: Yeah, because we had just gotten engaged the day exactly. before, so but, well, of course but, I'm in a good mood.
1: But you, you've experienced that too, right? where you're in a bad mood and somebody's just in too much of a good mood, and you're like, go away. You know what I mean? Because um, I think everybody experiences that. But So yeah, bottom line, we both have had anger management issues. Have either one of us... I, I've never been to a counselor for anger anger management. Have you ever... Had, I mean, I know you've been to counseling before.
0: Well, like what we... Like what you and I did, it was a part that we talked about during our premarital session. Yes,
1: that was within... The, but I'm saying I've never been but specifically talking, for that yeah, purpose.
0: Specifically, no. I've never been to like, hey, here's anger management. I have been to like therapy before.
1: Yeah. Now, I will say this... Part of the way that I dealt with my anger and finally learned how to handle it is, and I tell you this all the time, mm-hmm. I've chosen people in my life who I know I could be one hundred with. Completely mm-hmm. honest, and I sit them down, and I you know, and I started talking to these guys or these people, um, and just say, hey, I do deal with anger. Here's you know what happens or what's going on, and they've kind of not coached me through it, but they've definitely been aware of my issues and and what i've gone through right Mm -hmm. and that helps because i'm able to go okay i'm not alone in this um you know i'm not i'm not fighting this battle by myself right um how how are some ways that you've dealt with it
0: well and we're probably going to cover this in the podcast that we're going to do about the fact that i love handwritten letters so yeah stay tuned for that later but i will write to my cousin and i just pour out everything that's going on in my life it's almost like my journal entry because i can just be like you said 100 percent honest with her i yeah. send that letter off she reads it she writes back to me about what's going on in her life and we just keep each other encouraged in that way and he can tell you i'm like obsessed with checking the mailbox i cannot so wait for the especially
1: when sh- you'll get a text from mm-hmm. your cousin and say hey i sent a letter recently she won't give you like it, I don't think she's ever said, "Oh, I should be here on this day." No, but she'll text you or message you and say, "Hey, I just sent a letter." Every day until you get that letter, you'll be like, "Hey, can you check the mail?" <laughs> sure. Hey, can you check the mail? Anyway, we're gonna move on. So, we don't
0: want to get angry about the mailbox. Yeah, I don't
1: want to get all mad about the mailbox in an anger management episode. Um, <laughs> so, but it's one of those things, and that's another thing, right? I use sometimes I will use humor. To kind of pull me away from anger for a moment.
0: Yeah, you're very much a comedy guy. You'd be like, I gotta make you like a laugh out of it.
1: Especially if she's mad, I have to make you try to laugh.
0: Just to diffuse that tension. Just to
1: diffuse it. But what I've noticed, okay, so I'm going to, we're going to go a little behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, While I was at work a couple weeks ago. You remember how I had the coworker who was just throwing me under the bus constantly?
0: Yes. Okay,
1: we're not putting names out there, so it's not it's not worth my time. I was getting so mad that I was like, "Yo, if she keeps going, I'm gonna I'm gonna just blow my top." So what I started doing is instead of listening to podcasts while I was at work or listening to music, because I knew if I listened to music. It's gonna be very angry music. It's gonna, mm-hmm. it's not gonna solve the situation at hand, and I can't express it right now. So, I started listening to stand-up comedy.
0: You are a big fluffy fan. Do you want to I, elaborate on I that? I
1: love Gabriel Iglesias. Dude is hilarious. Um, I don't even know where I first saw him. I think I so back when I lived with my parents, like every once in a while, you stay up late, and I would just watch Comedy Central. At certain times of night. And just watch their stand up specials. And so I just saw his stand up. And I was like this dude is funny. Um, and yeah. He, he tells jokes that I relate to. But he also tells jokes that like teach me about him. So it's kind of cool. Um, and so I was just listening to him. I was listening to like uh, I think George Lopez I listened to for a while. Um, I listened to Ke- you know yeah Kevin Hart. I let's know. and so that's what I was absorbing myself in because in that moment when I would speak to this co-worker and they were very harsh with me and very I'm not even gonna say trying to train me they were just honestly it seemed like they were just trying to throw me under a bus I didn't want to lash out at them so I went ahead and said I'm gonna distract myself until I get home when I can properly deal with this anger by speaking about it mm-hmm. um, so but yeah for me Humor is a big, uh, big thing that helps. Um, What else helps you in those times?
0: We're going to talk about Mr. Rogers because I love him. I love
1: him so much. She's been wanting to talk about this. (laughs) If she could put a Mr. Rogers quote or section in each episode, I'm pretty sure she would.
0: I would do that totally i just love him so anyway, anyway
1: mr rogers
0: mr rogers I don't know why I did that accent Has this classic set of episodes called what do you do with a mad that you feel and if you watch like it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and won't you be my neighbor you get to see you know glimpses of how he dealt with it in his personal life and i know one of the things that he said is like oh you could play all the low notes on a piano and all of this stuff and i just i just like the that A he's acknowledging that it's okay to feel these emotions of being mad or upset or angry and B like okay now how do we move forward from here? Like how do we how do we deal with it? And for me like I I have to check myself and be like, okay. I have to take some deep breaths. You know, just kinda be like, okay, we gotta let it go like today at work is a perfect example um i was working with a co-worker and we were discussing a third co-worker and i literally just had to be to stop and be like okay like i cannot talk about this right now like i have to let it go
1: now for a little more context third co-worker uh, in in their opinion who you you and this co-worker part two mm-hmm. have more experience than co-worker three i'm assuming co-worker three just they're not doing their job up to part so it's making you guys upset well, for that context right? yeah. so you're not but, just talking about it going hey she sounds like she had a great day and no you, well, this she is, was
0: the, the second co-worker was telling me oh yeah I used to work with a third co- co-worker more and now she's happy that she doesn't have to
1: she's ecstatic but um, but I like what you did you're like hey we Well, one, it's gossip within within a work environment. So, as we have talked about, that, that can get dicey. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's very, like... If you get too angry about it, you, you that is going to boil over. And it's going to affect your work, right? So, um, you know, that was probably smart. And then you got in the car with me and you just let it go.
0: I did. He picked me up and he said, How was your day? And I was just like, Oh, oh let me tell the you. The car
1: ride <laughs> is about... 10 to 15 minutes, roughly. More about 12. I didn't get more words in than, how was your day? But you needed that.
0: I literally said, okay, tell me about your day, and then I will tell you about my day.
1: And she does this when when she knows I'm going to overtake the conversation. So she'll go, tell me about your day. And I'm like, oh, I dropped you off. I did this. I did this. Came and picked you up. And she goes, okay, cool. Sounds like you had a pretty good day. And here we go. Right? And then she just. But that's okay because we have always established our home is a safe place. It's a no judgment, it's a safe place.
0: That's like our tip about anger. I guess if we're doing like tip number one would be like designate a safe space. And tip number two would be designate a safe person that you can vent to or people.
1: Absolutely. Um, And if you need what you need. Like, like me. Like I said, I like comedy. So I will sit down to some comedy and just just vibe out for a minute.
0: Like last night, we watched John Mulaney's special. I was dying on the couch. Oh my gosh.
1: Okay, he has jokes that I don't understand. But then he hits you with that joke that you're just like rolling on the ground. But we're not going to try to repeat them because we won't do them justice. Um, But anyway. So... Having people in your life to help you, to talk it out, and having a safe spot, like, that's important to us, right? Like, I know that no matter how upset you get at a situation, a person, or me, like, that doesn't change. Like, we're at home. This is a safe place.
0: And, again, from the littlest among us, like our little toddlers, because that's when you really start to see the attitude.
1: Mm Mm-hmm
0: you got to use your words yes if you need to like go to a batting cage hit something there you know but
1: yeah I might do it's that. not okay to hurt
0: yourself others or property
1: yeah well yeah and that that's that's definitely true um now from a from a faith-based perspective let's talk about anger right before we i know you you had looked up some scriptures yes yes i did but before we get into that just like the bible mentions anger mm-hmm. a lot but what i like about it uh it doesn't mention anger as a bad thing right it's something that can go out get out of control but it, it's not like oh you got angry that's that's bad it's it's more of how you how you handle the anger that leads you down a good path or bad path, right?
0: Well, I feel like anger, when you're truly upset, it makes you want to feel destructive. Yes. So, our faith calls us to take that emotion and try and rechannel it into something that's going to be a constructive or creative entity.
1: Well, let's talk about that. What scriptures did you have... Um, that go along with dealing with anger. Not just somebody being angry, but dealing with anger.
0: So, what I did was, I have the version Bible app on my phone.
1: If you don't have this Bible app, I would definitely recommend getting it. It's fantastic.
0: You can literally go through the search bar, and it has different topics you can scroll through. So, I just hit anger. And the first thing that comes up is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So that basically means, like, if you're in a conflict with someone, do your best to try and resolve it before a long time goes by. Mm -hmm. But like Anthony was saying, if you feel like you need to take some time and just be by yourself, by all means do that.
1: Now, one thing I like that you and I have talked about, um, because sometimes you you do, I know you've had this and I've had this as well, We'll be angry at a person, mm-hmm. and we try to reach out to them once we're calm, and you know, yes, and they they are not responsive.
0: So that is paramount. Like if you're in the midst of that anger, allow yourself to not be confrontational with that person because that's just gonna have you saying things and that you might not even really mean once the anger passes.
1: Yeah, uh, and I know me, like if I reach out to somebody when I'm over a conflict and we try to resolve it but they are not responsive I can definitely go you know leave the situation and go okay I've done what I could I'm not gonna push it further until they are ready
0: so I think this helps us to segue really nicely into our next verse which is James chapter 1 verses 19 my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry.
1: Yes. And I'm, then
0: uh, verse 20 says, Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And that's one thing that in Romans that we're covering right now, is what yes. is righteousness.
1: So I like the fact that, again, um, they're not saying you're not allowed to be angry, um, but they're, they're, it's giving you tips and things to help uh help resolve anger right because um, anger is a is a human emotion honestly it's an emotion that even god feels because mm-hmm. we're made in god's image we also feel this emotion it's natural to feel it it's in the way that we handle it that's that's what dictates kind of the path that we choose
0: well and like if we see people that are being mistreated if we see injustices that are in place those are things where it's okay to get angry
1: but again in that anger you should not sin so don't do anything that's illegal or that's gonna harm people or break any laws of any kind take that anger and go okay I'm gonna do something constructive with it I'm going to like right now we have so much anger in our in our country and a lot of it is misdirected right it's, it's directed uh, to be angry to be hurtful harmful and just really disrespectful and we could take that anger and instead of being disrespectful try to build bridges that make that connect relationships
0: well in ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice so even in the ancient world these were things that um that were prevalent and proverbs 378 says refrain from anger and turn from wrath do not fret for it only leads to evil
1: yeah now i'm gonna be i'm gonna be completely honest it's like one of the things they mentioned was being bitter right and it's the idea um that you're letting it fester you're letting it sit there and just marinate in your mind and in your heart and it becomes a bigger issue than just, I'm angry at a situation. You become angry uh, over an extended period of time at a person or even a situation. I'm definitely guilty of this. I'm ex- I got, I've been extremely angry with people for really no reason. Just because of something stupid.
0: Well, in Proverbs, there's two verses that I want to read here. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. And Proverbs 29.11 says, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So basically, the opposite of being angry is being able to keep your cool. Mm -hmm. And having gentle answers, that's like just saying nice words to people but you still want to be genuine like there is a way to express that you're upset without further like you're trying to diffuse the situation
1: yeah and that's something i, I feel like we try to remind each other of all the time but it's like hey you can express your anger with words without yelling without screaming without um you know physical altercations or anything like that, there's ways to sit there and say, Look, I've had a really bad day, this is what's bothering me and just letting the person listen.
0: Well in Proverbs sixteen thirty two says, Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self control than one who takes a city. And mm-hmm. that self control is something that again once you let someone else know, like, hey, I feel hurt it's up to you to also take responsibility for your words and your actions, but you were saying how things fester, like that's mm-hmm. also a part of your thought life too.
1: Yeah. So with the scriptures that you're giving, mm-hmm. right? And I know there's probably a slew more. Yes. But let's let's just look at the ones we've we've read. What areas what areas do we see that you and I need to work on? And what areas do we see, like, as a community base we need to work on?
0: Um, our community is pretty hot-tempered right now and definitely giving full vent to their rage. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> there is that.
1: And, and, and I think, honestly, honestly, community-wise, the scripture you were talking about where it's, hey, be quick to listen mm-hmm. and slow to anger... I wish we would follow that as a a country right now. We have so many people who before the other person speaks, they're already ready to retaliate, to attack, to verbally just abuse somebody, to call them names. I mean, we see it. Oh, my gosh. We see it in politics all the time. You know what I mean? And I think that's what gets me the most about politics. That's why I don't follow politics a lot because it's all it is is name calling.
0: Well, and this year is an election year, so yeah, this has been a very unusual year.
1: Yeah. So, but how, do you, how are you feeling about that? Like, do you think being slow to uh, anger and quick to listen, do you think that would help situations?
0: I feel like if you're in a situation where you know the other person that you're upset with, like... When you're talking about politics, they don't really know the other people, but as yeah. far as like you and I, because we know one another so well, before I get angry at you, I think that I need to think of like, okay, well, how would I feel if you were telling me these words? And also maybe start out with like, here's some compliments, like that managerial style of building a sandwich, like you have the two pieces of bread, so you have a compliment, a criticism, a compliment. Yeah. I'll praise you for something you're doing right. I'll tell you what you're doing that needs to improve. And then I'll try and end again with another positive statement. Yeah. But you can't do that with someone, like you said, with people who just get in your face and they don't know who you are.
1: Oh, definitely. It, it makes it more difficult with the community aspect. But again, I honestly think that if, if more people just... Instead of arguing over the, you know, over online and, you know, on Facebook, you know, or whatever, either that or just don't say anything. Like, hey. Oh,
0: cyberbullying and just like. Cyberbullying is a. It's wicked not just thing. teenagers, it's full of grown adults that are participating in these things they have the anonymity of the internet.
1: Yeah. And.
0: Well, and Jesus, like, one of his titles is that he is the Prince of Peace. So yes. that is what he is all about, and we as Christians, like we need to be able to follow that as an example.
1: Absolutely, and that is the example that I think you and I try to follow. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. We're not saying we have this figured out. We're actually we're actually making this episode to to remind us and to let you know we have a long way to go.
0: Well, because especially over the past year. Um, not just COVID related, but there were things that happened in our personal life last summer that were just really upsetting. Um, that is just, again, like something that we still have to work through.
1: Yeah. And and you and I have these conversations often, right? Of yes. how to deal with anger. Because especially during the COVID season, which I say it like it's <laughs> ending. But um, especially during this time both you and I have had anger issues um through this because we're like we want it to be over we want to go back to life the way it was uh we're trying to figure out how to handle what what this new life is supposed to look like would that be accurate
0: oh yeah well there are so many people like who may have been looking forward to a beach vacation this summer, and that just was not in the cards. I know, hands up, like, that was me. I was yeah. super excited to go. Yeah. And we didn't even really get to make plans because everything just happened. Yeah. So that is something that we could be angry about, but honestly, we have no control over the outcome.
1: No. And, and, and when you're angry about something, you have no control over the outcome. When you're angry over those situations, those actually affect you you the most, and I'm not talking about you specifically, Mm -hmm. but a general you, that's where you know, times where people can't sleep, they have trouble eating, their health declines rapidly.
0: That was going to be my next thing is like, anger takes a toll not only on you mentally, but on your physical health as well.
1: And your anger that you're holding in that's affecting you does not harm the person or situation you're mad about. Mm-hmm. So I could be mad at a family member and I could sit there and hold a grudge and make myself sick and they are not physically affected.
0: Well, my dad has described it in this way. If you're angry at someone, it's almost like you want them to end up taking poison, but it's like you're, you're taking the poison yourself. You're the one
1: ingesting it. Absolutely. So... Yeah, this is basically us being transparent about anger. This is basically us going, look, a lot of people by right now are angry, and not everyone's going to agree with what we said.
0: And not- I I am always going to say this. You need to be in a place where you feel like you are safe. If your home or where you're staying does not feel safe, please leave. Please get help. Like There yeah. are resources available to you. We advise that you use them. I'm a really big proponent of being against domestic violence so
1: 100 percent um but yeah this is just this is us having a candid uh transparent conversation of anger um and i think we need we especially in in the christian community we need these conversations because i don't think they happen enough You know what I mean?
0: Well, I feel like so many people outside of the church community just expect us to be like Pollyanna. Like this little happy ray of Uh, sunshine all the time. Um, And that's just not true to the wide variety of human emotion that we all experience.
1: Yeah. And I think even in church congregations, like, you'll say hi to each other. How are you doing? Very rarely are you going to have someone go, look, here's how. Here's where I'm angry, here's my life, here's where it's fu- I'm frustrated. What are they going to say, right? They're going to say, mm-hmm. I'm doing well.
0: But we've seen church congregations that have been ripped apart because there have been differences that have caused people to leave. So yeah, people in the church are not exempt from feeling no. angry and acting on those feelings. That's
1: why we need to have these conversations. Right, we need to have church be a place, and again, not just church, but our homes, our, our, our community in general. They need to be there need to be places that we feel safe, and that means safe to have difficult conversation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pull someone aside at church if that's where you feel comfortable. Like that's where I feel comfortable. I'll talk to certain people at church and go, look, here's what's going on. Would you mind, like, can will you walk beside me, you know, with this? Can you pray for me? Um, and that does help, you know. And then, of course, I speak with Jessica, and I go, look, here's what's going on, and we, we work it out together.
0: Well, again, and this has been something that we've been working through even before we got married. Yes. During our um, premarital counseling sessions, that was one of the things that came up, is that through, like, our family life growing up, we've witnessed individuals who are close to us who had explosive tempers
1: yeah and we realized that we started following in their footsteps because it's something we experienced all like, the
0: time the way that they handled their anger was not healthy and in times not appropriate so we just wanted to be sure that in our married life we weren't taking those patterns with us yeah and admittedly, like, it is a lot of work to unpack that. As Anthony said, he's, like, anger has come f- from childhood years. So that yeah. is a long time to hold on to it.
1: Well, and it's funny, because I'll notice myself getting...
0: I mean, let's say about two decades worth of time.
1: Two decades?
0: Yeah. I am not eight. in my 20s. Well, you know,
1: eight, <laughs> 18, 28, Yeah. Or um, 10, 20, 30. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so... I forgot what to say. Oh, yeah. So, like, sometimes I'll just be getting angry, not realizing why I'm angry, right? Like, over the COVID season, the past six months, I've been so... I, I've been holding on to an anger that I finally had to sit down and go, what What on earth am I angry about? I'm not angry at Jessica. I'm not angry at my job. I'm not... And it, it was... It had some... It, sometimes it has something to do with my childhood, it has something to do with something I no longer have control over and should not have influence on me. But because it does have influence on me, I'm still de- still dealing with it. And I know you have things in your life, from your childhood or your early adult life, that you're still holding on to. Um,
0: and well, and we talked about it last night, too, as far as like there was someone in my life, and I was just like, wow. I wonder... I wonder if they think about me the way that I'm still thinking about them. And it's been numerous years since I've had contact with this person. Yeah.
1: And a lot of, like, this person, according to what you were saying, they were a very angry person. Yes. And because you were around them, you you kind of uh, soaked up their anger.
0: It was like because they were continuously agitated at me... I, in turn, became agitated with other people.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And you and I are unpacking that box. Um, and we'll be unpacking that for a while. I'm, <laughs> You and I are unpacking my childhood and, and things that I've been through. That we're going to be unpacking for a long time.
0: Well, and that's a part of being in a committed, loving relationship. Is realizing that your partner has a past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that past is not good. Sometimes it has great moments, and I know when you get really upset, what do I do?
0: You always say, "Okay, like let's think about you know the movies that we've seen, the things that we've experienced."
1: Because what what
0: going to Disneyland? Yeah, because a lot of times their... I've
1: noticed specifically with you, but I know it's not just you. I do it, and most people do. When their mind gets flooded with the angry thoughts, with negative thoughts, that's all they can dwell on. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I go, okay, let's talk about what you're angry about. And then I go, okay, now that we've kind of got that in the open and we've started the conversation, let's transition the conversation into, let's go over some of your happy memories. And we can still talk about the anger, but you're not, your anger has now, calm down enough for you to think logically mm-hmm. so and that works for me too i've definitely had to take times to go okay, look i'm not angry over this i'm gonna focus on something else um
0: and a lot of what we do just as a couple is once we're at home like we try and really keep work at work yeah you know?
1: we give each other a time frame of like for the next 20 minutes half hour we're gonna talk about work. After that it's done, it's gone. It's no longer we're gonna talk we're gonna focus on being at home.
0: Because that like our time at home together is really sacred for us.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. Very sacred. So yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to mention about anger and how to deal with it?
0: Again, I think it's important to note that it is healthy to experience this emotion yeah. It's not healthy to let it take over and control your life.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times, especially like if, young kids.
0: If that's where you're at, by all means, please seek out like a licensed therapist in your area to help Absolutely. you work through these issues.
1: Absolutely. Because I do think, again, we, te- we have a tendency to teach young kids. Like, be- not, 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 we teach them not to be angry. Uh, we don't always teach them how to deal with anger sometimes.
0: Well, and now we're seeing people's anger turning to violence in the streets, so... Yeah. It's just... Ugh, it's just really heartbreaking to me because I'm such a compassionate individual and I really want to see healing and people getting along and just reconciliation taking place.
1: Yeah. it's So, I think that's where we are going to kind of take our break. Um, Only because... Healing from anger Healing from that kind of pain It's a continuous thing We can't sit there and say that's it We're done um, we, You and know, well, there's
0: that saying of like Hurt people hurt people Yeah
1: those who have been hurt Often end up hurting other people You know And that's true If you are dealing with hurt And you have tried dealing with it Like she said try Get some professional help if need be get a group that you can talk to find a safe place that you can be you know i think that's the best advice we can give um you know those of us who are christian those still apply at the same time get into the word of god get around godly people who can guide you you know who can help you through this um
0: that goes into your thought life as well. Because we know that our thoughts become our words that become our actions. Yeah. That's why we're supposed to bring all of our thoughts into captivity with Christ.
1: Yes.
0: 100%. Easier said than done at times, but Very that much. is our goal.
1: Very much. Um, yeah. Any Anything else?
0: I feel like it is, it's important to note, again, that as people of faith, the Bible has so many passages where it just urges us to have compassion for one another, to have patience, to have wisdom. Like, be looking for that when you're working on this conflict resolution. If you're angry between you and another individual, if you're angry with something in your past, that's a little harder to pin down. It is. But I feel like this has been a good session. Again, because like we want to be 100% transparent with you, so we're not afraid to like we're not going to shy away from difficult topics, but we are going to pepper it in with some fun stuff. So
1: absolutely. Um, so with that being said, um, we're going to be right back with the Beautiful Feet Podcast, and um, yeah, so we'll see you guys in a, in a moment. We'll be right back. This episode of the Beautiful Feet Podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary of My Solitude, a published book of poetry by me, Anthony Giesick. You can pick up your copy at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com, at iUniverse.com, and Amazon.com. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is the section of the podcast where we're going to go ahead and dig into Romans Chapter 6. Before we do... Let's go ahead and get that recap of chapter 5, and then we'll be able to go from there.
0: So in chapter 5, we talked about um, justification a little bit, as well as in chapter 4, and that basically means it's like a two-fold thing. First, it's the forgiveness of your sins, and then being able to receive the gift of righteousness. And going into chapter 5, we talk about, because of the fact that we have our faith, that gives us us a chance to be justified and then after you've had that in your life you're able to have peace with God through Jesus Christ and then also um, because of God's grace we are able to have this hope in our lives and then um, starting a chapter oh sorry starting at verse 12 there is this discussion about Adam and Jesus Christ. So we know that Adam was in the creation story from Genesis, the first man, and because he sinned, that caused sin and death to enter into the world. Much Mm -hmm. in the same way, Jesus was able to come and instead of bringing death, he brings life and also eternal life. So now in chapter six, my Bible headings say that we're going to be looking at, again, this concept of death or being dead to sin and being alive in Christ. And we're also going to return to the concept from chapter 3 and 4 about righteousness. Um, It says slaves to righteousness but we're going to go into that uh, word slaves because it's not it doesn't have the connotation that we think that it might in this context.
1: Yeah, so as you see, like The further we get into Romans and we've talked about this before it actually builds upon itself like it starts with a basic understanding and it kind of gets more um, in depth the deeper you go so again we're encouraging you guys read this with us so that you could um, learn with us so that you can get the whole chapter because again we don't go over the whole chapter we go over pieces so um, yeah and you were, would you looking something up real quick or no?
0: Well, um, I was just looking, I know, because um, I took notes and I have bullet points for like each sort of paragraph, and the first one talks about baptism and talks all about like being dead to Christ and, um, I don't know, I feel like baptism is something that we don't really encounter outside of the Christian world. No. So, so maybe if we want, like, you could go ahead and just explain what baptism is.
1: Yeah, so the concept of baptism, it's a, um, it's a uh, display of your faith in Jesus, right? So traditionally, baptism, the way it happens is you have somebody who's going to baptize you uh, in a uh, body of water. And what they do is they stand with you. They basically dunk you underwater for a brief moment. I, I say that because a lot of people kind of freak out. But they, for that brief moment, they submerge you underwater and then they lift you up. What that represents, not only is this something that Jesus did in his life. He was actually baptized in the Jordan River. Um, but he was also... It's an also... Um, a physical like display of your faith in Jesus in the sense that uh, when Jesus died he went into death and came out of death when he resurrected so when you go into the water that's what it resembles uh, represents pardon me it represents you going into the grave and then when they pull you out of the water it represents you coming out of the grave so it's that representation of Jesus being you know, the Messiah and Jesus being uh, that Lord of your life. So, and and I actually help with the baptisms at my church. And honestly, it's a a very exciting moment for those people who've really been learning about Jesus and now they're willing to walk with Jesus. And so it's a huge step in, in a person's faith.
0: Well, and that's also what we think of as baptism by immersion, which is more for adults. But there are some branches of Christianity who also have like a christening or a baptism for a baby where their parents are dedicating them and then they're just lightly sprinkled on their forehead.
1: Yeah, because I don't think we want to baptize. Our, our, and most time, these are like barely one years old, like they're toddlers. Or
0: infants. So in that case, it's the parents and the congregation of the church standing up and saying that they will help the child grow in their journey toward Christ. But a baptism toward immersion um, is generally like children can do it too, but it's more an adult is making this public declaration in front of their church congregation that they know that they believe in Jesus Christ. So there's a slight difference there.
1: And, and, and that's a very important difference, even though it does seem slight, simply because a baby, um, I, I can't, I'm not going to say they can't believe in Jesus, but I'll say that they cannot declare on their own, because most of the time they can't speak for themselves. So it's very important when they, uh, when they are able to speak for themselves and dedicate their life to Jesus. It's an amazing step. It's an amazing thing. So in Romans, when it talks about baptism, that that's kind of the image we have in mind of what they are, are referring to.
0: So for verses one through four, the bullet point that I wrote down is that baptism brings new life in Christ.
1: And as we talked about, um, you know, baptism—it's the idea of you laying uh, down your old life. And you're lifting up a new one. So that makes sense. That actually you know, correlates with what Romans is saying. Here.
0: Well, and Paul also is starting out by sort of asking the believers this question. Like, hey, because we have grace, do we keep on sinning? And he's like, the answer is no.
1: Yeah. And honestly, this is one of those things that I feel a lot of people struggle with. Because they think, well, God has given me grace. God has saved me. Um, I can kind of live however I want and at the end of the day uh, or, or at the right time all I have to do is ask for forgiveness um, And I'd be forgiven the tr- the thing is we never know um, When that time may come right so And so your, your mind kind of clicks and goes if, if I don't know when I may die I'll just ask forgiveness at the end of every day and I'll be okay. I could do whatever I want but Paul's saying that's that that is not following Jesus. Um,
0: well and this brings us to verses five through seven. My note for that says that our old sinful self is gone. Again, that's part of the baptism process. Yeah.
1: It's the idea of that part of you is no longer a part of you. It's something that you are giving up and walking away from. Now, again, for the average American who just, you know, grows up, pays their taxes, gets a job, like, lives a regular life, they're not criminals, they're not murderers or rapists, they're looking at you going, I'm not a bad person. I've made mistakes, but I'm not a bad person. Um, But... The gospel allows us to really think through our life choices and go, okay, are some of these not just mistakes, but are they habits that are formed that are not good? Uh, that the culture may say they're okay, but Christ is saying, you know what, they're not okay. They're harmful for you and for others. Um,
0: well, and we've seen in previous chapters that Paul has outlined some guidelines of, hey, here's ways you should not live your life. Like, don't gossip about people. Yeah. Don't um, say slanderous things about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't react angrily to. Be slow to things. anger, yeah. So there, there is like a guideline of, okay, this is how Jesus has called us to live our lives.
1: Well, and the, and the thing is, the thing about it, um, when when you start a new life, like it's almost like starting a new career. You're not gonna go back to the old habits of the old career. You're gonna develop new uh, patterns and new habits. Walking with Jesus has a similarity. I'm not saying it's the same, but you're not gonna live the way you used to. You're gonna do. Um, you're gonna be very diligent about walking and living the way Christ has asked you to live
0: well in keeping with the um the training manual or the hey I have a new career analogy normally when you go to a new career you have someone who trains you and they give you training material so like Jesus Christ is the person who trains us and the Bible is our training material
1: nice connection I like that what was the the next step
0: so, for verses 8 through 10, I wrote that we live in Christ. So, we know that we're baptized for new life. Our sinful self is gone. And now we have to move forward in, like, okay, it's not like you just get baptized and then your life just goes back to normal or just stops. Like, you have to move forward in that mm-hmm. journey with Christ. And that's why... One of the reasons, um, one of the things that our church does is they give every person who's been baptized a Bible and they encourage them to read the book of John.
1: And not only that, they actually encourage us. um, We have like a a booklet that we give with it that kind of walks through how to read the Bible. For those people who have never read it or have never picked up that habit. Uh, it kind of gives you context clues. It gives you um, people to talk to. It gives you a lot of resources instead of just here's a Bible. Because if you give someone a Bible, while that's a great thing, if they don't know how to read it, it's very difficult um, to kind of pick that habit up. So, you know, we our church does really well, at least in my opinion, of helping with that. So.
0: I think this is a good way for us to segue into um, explaining like when you're reading along with us, you're going to see in this chapter a lot about the concept of being slave to sin or the concept of slavery.
1: Yes. And in America, when we think of slavery, it's never a good thing. Um, And a lot of people are curious or wonder as to why the Bible seems to condone slavery
0: um well and if you look at the context with this paul is talking about people's actions like being a slave to sin basically it's almost like what we as a modern day audience would think of as someone who has an addiction whether it be to drugs or alcohol yeah so it's their behavior that needs to change it's
1: the idea that they want to change um but there's a connection between them and that substance that they're addicted to that draws them to it. Um, so when it says you're being a slave to sin, whatever that sin is, there's a connection there that continually draws that person back to that sin.
0: Because, again, like in the context of the ancient world, like addiction meant that you were a slave. To yourself. So I feel like Paul is using this analogy. Not actually being a slave as far as like being owned by another person. Yeah. Although Paul is familiar with that as well as we see in uh, his other letters.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Not only that. So he also refers to being a slave to Christ. Or being a slave to righteousness is another way that they'll put it. Um... And again we have to look at and go how do we explain that how do we explain being a slave to Jesus
0: well in verses 11 through 14 because again 8 through 10 shows us that now we're gonna live in Christ that's the first step the second step is for us to offer ourselves to God because we have his grace
1: so you offer yourself to God and again, I'm trying to remember the word, you and I talked about it earlier, that, and we see this in Old Testament, right, where um, somebody, one party may owe another party something. Um, so what they do is they they offer their the service to that person, to repay them.
0: To be like indebted to them. Yeah. Or I thought of maybe the concept of like an indentured servitude where you're working to pay off a debt.
1: Yeah, so it's the idea that you're not a slave. You're not being held captive. In this sense, you're actually choosing to be under the the servitude of Jesus or under the servitude of righteousness. It's a choice. Um and with that choice, obviously there's still boundaries that you cannot cross, but it's a choice. It's not chains and whips and what we think of as slavery. Uh, the reason it's, it's being a slave to Jesus, um, I think, honestly, I think it just has to do with your attitude toward, he's my God, he's my Lord, I'm going to serve him first and foremost.
0: Well, let's remember also for those of you who may be new to tuning in to define what we're talking about when we say righteousness. In its most simplest terms, righteousness means to do what is right in God's eyes, or to be made right with Him.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, it's just it's it's just that connection of you being in a correct or right relationship with Jesus, as our Creator and as a Savior so
0: so now that we're offering ourselves to God as this um, I know in some traditions they put it as a holy and living sacrifice um, in verses 15 through 18 we say that we are free and we have been set free from our past lives and actions
1: definitely yeah uh, sorry I got kind of distracted but So you're saying being set free. And again, that's the idea of you were once a slave to your actions or to your sins. In other words, to yourself or to your your desires. Jesus has now said, I've freed you from that. Uh, And we now have the choice to serve Jesus. Um, Putting um, his needs or his desires above our own. And by doing that, we're actually putting other people's needs above our
0: own. Well, and then the end of the chapter, verses 19 through 23, we look at holiness and also the gift of eternal life, which is a gift to us from God through Jesus.
1: Yeah. Hope. Eternal life. That I love that, that concept, right? Because... We think of life as like beginning, middle, and end. One day that, you know, it's going to end. This is eternal. This, this continues forever. And not only that, you're actually in, like I said, you're in a relationship or right communication with Jesus. So there's no tension there. There's no uh, God-shaped hole there. It, it's, it's full. It's a full life.
0: Well, and this concept of the afterlife is not exclusive to Christianity during this time. We see that the Israelites spent, I want to say, like 400 years in ancient Egypt. And for them, the concept of the afterlife, like that's why they built the pyramids, is for their rulers to be able to have a place to to be after they had died. And... Um, In that culture that they would have been surrounded by and it would have permeated like their ideology as well you see that people thought previously that their actions whether good or bad would be weighed upon a scale and that would determine your ranking in the afterlife Mm -hmm. so the God of the Israelites is saying like yes it's nice for you to do good things but then as you're coming into the new testament into that covenant with him Jesus is saying it's not about hey do I do good things or bad things it's about your relationship with me
1: and, and to kind of take that a, a little further because it's not about our actions actually what God is looking at he's looking at the actions of Jesus in our lives um and this is a kind of a big theological topic, but it's the idea that, like, when Jesus died for our sins, and when we get to that point in our life where we said, I, I need to accept what Jesus did, I need to acknowledge what Jesus did, and actually change my life because of it, and allow that to change our lives, spiritually, what's happening is is Jesus' action of dying for sins is covering up our brokenness or our sins. So what God is judging us on is actually Jesus' action to cover sins.
0: Well, in verses 17 and 18 says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And then, after that, it talks about the fact that the righteousness that we have leads us to holiness.
1: Yeah. So again, it's I, I, this is what I love about the gospel is the fact that there's a step to it, right? You do the, you you believe this because you believe in Jesus. You take these physical steps. Whether it's baptism, whether it's uh, going to church and and learning more about Jesus. And then as that develops and becomes a habit and becomes a discipline, then um, you start to develop more habits that that bring you closer relationship with Jesus.
0: Well, and in chapter 7, next week, we're going to look at the headings that I have. We're going to be released from the law and bound to Christ. And also looking at the law and sin. So again... It's going to be the fact that Jesus is coming to bring something new into our lives.
1: Yes. And, and the truth is we all need something new in our life. We all need that hope in our lives. So that's going to be next week. Um, is there any more that we need to discuss for this week? Um,
0: I think it's just important to note that, like, there is the dichotomy there as far as like sin leads to death mm-hmm. but then we have life in Christ because yeah. those are like as opposite as you could be
1: and let's remind people that sin is any thought any, any um, action or a habit that pulls us away from Jesus Mm-hmm. Right? So it could be something that that, that um, seems harmless, but if it's, if it's interrupting your relationship with Jesus, God considers that a sin and he considers that that is bringing death to your life. Um, but having a relationship with Jesus obviously brings life into who you are into who you will become.
0: Well, and Jesus recognized that there are going to be things that are going to be more difficult um, for some people than others. And that's why he talks about the fact of like, hey, even if you might not struggle with this, like you don't want to have a stumbling block for someone that you care about.
1: That is very important. Like something that I struggle with, my, my friends may not struggle with or vice versa. Right? something that they struggle with I might not have an issue with so a perfect example I knew a guy back in college who uh, would not eat uh, red meat or he would not eat uh, meat that was like medium well or anything that still had, had blood in it or, or the natural juices of the meat and he went to a scripture that talks about blood being a life uh, life source And and so he By his conviction Did not want to Consume that I had no problem with it Except for any Health issues That it may cause So uh, that That's a perfect example Of like It's not bad to eat You know um, Like steak That's medium rare uh, But for some people They're like No I want it this way Because of, of this reason So or they might not eat meat at all either way so we're going to go ahead is there any more to this chapter we need to hit
0: no I feel like this chapter even though it's really short at least from when I was reading it I feel like it was very clear cut as far as like here's the sequence of events you know just being able to look at your baptism to know that your sin has been wiped clean and now you're moving forward with your life in Christ
1: definitely so I'm going to go ahead and pray us out before I do remember to hit us up on beautiful feet yes
0: one last thing we're looking we've noticed that our total listens is just over 900 right now and our goal for the end of the year is to be at a thousand listens so thank you so much to our wonderful listeners for tuning in with us each and every week we appreciate you so much and now back to
1: absolutely we do appreciate that that is fantastic um so keep that up share it with your friends with your family um hit us up at beautifulfeetentertainment.com Beautiful Feet entertainment on instagram and twitter um and feel free to comment feel free to send us you know topics that you want us to cover questions that you have we want to hear from you guys um we'd be happy to hear from you guys so yeah let me go ahead and pray us out, and we'll go ahead and end the uh, episode there. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life that you've given us, for the fact that you've loved us through our brokenness, through our bad decisions, and through our bad habits um, that is considered sin. We pray, God, that we would have an open heart to those changes and those um, those changes, and, and that renewed, renewed heart that you want to give us, Father God. We just pray that we would have a great week as we hear your word, that we would continue to stand strong in our faith and continue to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, you guys. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feed Podcast. A partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at BeautifulFeetEntertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. And do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.